thinking more long-term enables us to have maybe a different approach to what we do now. Uh, and, and very much on my mind was thinking about, well, where will we be in 10 years? Where will we be in 20 years? Uh, if, we, if we don't do what is necessary now, will the church still exist in 10 years, 20 years? Because two generations, you know, it doesn't take long for churches to fail. Hello and welcome to Independence, it's the FIEC podcast and we're on the road this week and uh, my name is Adrian Reynolds, I'm Head of National Ministries for the FIEC and I'm here today with Matthew Jones. Hello man, how are you Hi, doing? how are you? I'm fine, yeah, good, good to see you. And we're in your brand new building, so uh, this is yeah. Woolheath Evangelical Free Church, it is. get the name right. It is, that's correct. Excellent, and uh, just tell us where Woolheath is for those who have got absolutely no idea whatsoever, okay. which Wal- I have to confess yeah. was me before I drove here today. Well usually uh, every conference I go to when people say where, where are you, Woolheath, no Nobody really knows, no. so it's not unsurprising. Um, we're part of the Black Country area um, on the, the west side. About um, as far west as you can go. Yeah. If you were to look at a map and look at that great conurbation, that's right. Right yeah, on the left hand yeah. side, basically. And 100 yards that way, I know you can't see that way, but it's Staffordshire. So we're right, okay. Right so edge. right on the edge there. Yeah. Uh, okay. And it's a, it's a village of 5,000 people that's. When you a say it's park. a village, that yeah. might conjure up the wrong idea in some people's yeah, minds. Yeah, it is. It is village it's mentality. Still, it's a village mentality. It's still called a village, and it has a village okay. mentality. And people okay. are very, they're very protective of that because they, they don't want to be seen as the sure, the wider part of the black country area. Yeah. But, um, and so there are still village feels about this. Societies, clubs, uh, events that happen. That you know. Typical villages do, sure. they still happen here yeah. as well. But if I, if I drove that way, yeah. I, I wouldn't be driving through fields to get into Birmingham. No, you wouldn't. And Dublin and Birmingham, no, no, I, no. I, no, it's very much it's all built um, up a city. all the way. Yeah, yeah. okay. And um, we're here in this amazing building. We're actually in one of the upper rooms yeah, yeah. Um, in this fantastic new facility. Um, now, I, I, I wonder if you just tell us a story a little bit about how it came to be. You know, how, how did you come to build this new place? <laughs> a long, took a long time. Yeah. Um, the, the church initially, I suppose it's better to say that um, what we had before was uh, a church that was built in two phases in, in the mid-50s and the mid-60s. So if you Google Woolheath, actually yeah. that's the picture you still get on Google, Is it? On Google yeah, pictures. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it was what it was. It was a great blessing to us to have a base. Um, the land that we're on, uh, this little old piece, uh, shape of land was bought for 120 pounds in 1951. Right. Okay. Bargain. Um, yeah, with a covenant on it because it was bought at a, a quarter price. Which um, oh, right. I'll, I'll share a little right. bit about the challenges of the covenant later. But um, yeah, the, the old church building was a step of faith for those who built it, and we've no sure. money yeah. uh, and blessed us, um, you know, for the best part of 70 years. Um, uh, but being old, it had its limitations. It had. Yeah. Um, structural issues and um, there was a constant smell of damp because um, condensation building regulations weren't the same then as they are today so we we faced those as a constant battle to keep it maintained well which we did but as we as we started to grow in our desire to um, reach the community in a much broader sense um, the building had limitations. Right. Um, it was very closed fronted. Um, you had to want to come in if you want. You know, it wasn't something that you wouldn't choose to, to walk no, into. The it wasn't something that was open and inviting. Sure. Yeah. And then when you came through the door, the smell of damp. You know, these types of things are never very welcoming. Um, we had um, they do matter, don't they? They so do I think, matter. Yeah. You know, Christians can put up with a lot, and yeah, you know, yeah. we we realise that actually buildings aren't everything, and. 
no. and we, we can cope with that. But actually, if you want to be somewhere that's reaching people, yeah. these kind of things do matter, don't they? They do, and I feel they do. I mean, I had some experience in the building trade, and, and to me, um, one of the first things I did when we became pastor was try to modernise um, just kind of schemes and simple things we could do. The church had um, spent time and hard work to to modernise toilets and kitchen right, okay. over the years and things like that. So there was, a lot of, there was a lot of personal investment in the old building. Hugely so, did, yeah. did that make beginning to think about a new building a challenge? No, because I think pragmatically people saw that um, it had huge limitations in right. terms of what it was. But okay. I think it was more to do with um, the limitation on our potential for what we felt the Lord was leading us to. So the whole thing was being driven by gospel need rather than just, wouldn't it be nice to have a new building? Yeah. It's, it's kind of driven by, what, what's the building for, yeah. essentially? Yeah. 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 Oh, fundamentally. Yeah. Yeah. No, the new, a new building for the sake of a new building was never part of the remit. The, pra the practical aspect was always something that was on the back of our minds. And we tried to renovate. Um, we tried to upgrade things, the electrics, um, the heating. And every time it seemed to be counter-constructive. Um, and that was always something that we were battling with constantly. But we had, we had a burden um, and a desire to open the building to the community in a broader sense that um, we, we felt would be something that would be for this building. But actually, as soon as we had that burden and vision for it, it happened in the old building. So we- Okay, interesting, yeah. So our ministries grew um, from the church being used once midweek on Wednesday and uh, twice on a Friday for children's groups. It, it was used every day um, by us, by a variety of groups. We even opened a bi-weekly community cafe uh, in our old building, which um, looked like a vintage tea shop. Was <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, a market for that. <laughs> yeah, a couple who had the, the vision to do it and did it. Uh, and it was very, very well received by the so, community. So do you think that actually sort of making those changes, if you like, even before a building project got going, helped build some momentum going into, into well, I th the I think they were the project. Well, I think they were the thing that started to drive us to think, well, right. if, if the Lord is answering our prayer now, when we never anticipated it, what then has he got for us in the future? Um, the whole building issue has been on the back burner for the best part of 30 years. You know, you look in our, our plans, um, are safe, you know, when we cleared it out. It's got plans from 30 years ago. Okay. When okay. I came, we had plans for an extension. But the church planted about 15 years ago as a real change in direction from thinking about where we were in the building we were in and the community around us to thinking about how we as a church could impact the broader um, church life in the area around us, which sure. needed yeah. very much small churches in, in local communities. Mm -hmm. So the church, that was before my time, but the church did that. Uh, they planted a church, which has since planted again, which has since planted again uh, and is ongoing. Um, but when I came, it was very much about um, our heart to serve the community here and our heart really to be very much more than we were. Um, we have here a very loving um, church family uh, and a very willing workforce. Uh, and seeing that in action, you know, allowed us to see the potential of what we could be should we have facilities to do that. Um, so I suppose the story goes really that we, ha having decided to look at the whole building and involve, um, I suppose, more professional contractors instead of doing things with ourselves, yeah. We, we, yeah. We, we got a contractor in who came into the building and just said, I wouldn't bother renovating this. It's not worth it. Okay. Um, plus the fact that the whole VAT issue 
um, new builds of VAT free. Yeah. Whereas yeah. extensions, you pay VAT. Mm. So there were advantages to rethinking, plus the fact that um, you would have something that would have more longevity than um, extending an existing building. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the other overriding thing was um, f- for me and, and what I'd encouraged us to think about is, is sometimes we think very short term and thinking more long term enables us to have maybe a different approach to what we do now. Uh, and, and very much on my mind was thinking about, well, where will we be in 10 years? Where will we be in 20 years? Uh, if, we, if we don't do what is necessary now, will the church still exist in 10 years, 20 years? Because two generations, you know, it doesn't take long for churches to fail. So mm-hmm. we did do a lot of work with our young members to try and encourage them into um, thinking of leadership and um, trying to develop them in terms of their service. And we know we know that's very much about their Christian character as well. Uh, we went through that process and thinking then through, well, what would we leave as a legacy for the future? Um, from my perspective, I was paid through Bible college through the legacy of Christians who died years and years yeah. ago, had left yeah. money in trust that paid for me through college. And I could see the principle at work that actually it's important to think about what we do now for the longer term future. And that was very much the thing that was mindful right, okay. and gave us a mindfulness to think forward about how do you think, we would approach I mean, this. It's interesting, isn't it? You know, we, we often think in terms of, you know, we, we, we long for Christ to return. Yeah, yeah. Um, is, is there actually a, a danger sometimes that we're too short-termism as Christians? I think that, huge, that we aren't so. thinking yeah, far enough so. ahead. Yeah. I, think, I think one of the things that we've discussed at the, the conference here today is that the gospel work is a long-term work, the yeah. investment in people. Um, can often be a long-term thing. There are not very often quick fix, easy, simple solutions that happen very quickly. Um, so, yeah, I do think so. And when you think about, you know, a lot of the Christian trusts that have money that was left by Christians who secured the investment for, for time beyond their lifetime, mm. um, you know, I sort of wonder whether we're, we're thinking in the same way now or whether we're so consumed by the, the struggles that we face um, that we're not. And so I was, I suppose a, part of it is my desire that we, we do provide something now that, that will be a blessing a long time into the future, we yeah. hope, unless the Lord returns, we know that. Um, but we know that he has given us the commission to work and to labor for him mm. in the time that we're in. Mm. So it's no, and we don't know when he's gonna come back. So um, the hard work in the investment we felt was very much something that we, was necessary for us to do now to make sure that yeah. the church okay. and, and goes forward. Here we are, um, so we're recording this March 2022, yeah. a grand opening. Um, it's, it's next month. Next, yeah. next month. Yeah. Start, to, start to finish of the actual process. 10 years. 10 years, 10 years yeah. That's a, that must have been a drain on you as, as individuals, as leaders. Yes. Yeah, on and off. Um, yeah. yeah, you're actually only 25, but you've kind of yeah. aged in the process. Yeah. <laughs> That's very kind of you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Has it been all-consuming, or have you been able to think about other stuff along the way? The last, um, I would say the last two years have been, I wouldn't say all-consuming, but it's been a huge... Um, it's been a huge part. I wouldn't even say it's been consuming. It's been a huge part of what's been necessary to do. Okay. Um, before that, it was 
um, working through a process, um, both in terms of what the building would look like, the planning permission issue, which was an issue in itself. Yeah, I mean, we, we won't talk about that now, but you were telling me earlier just that there's been some extraordinary, almost miraculous interventions yeah. along the way. Yeah, and it's, it's, that's, that in itself yeah. is, is draining, isn't it? And time consuming. And It has. And I think, uh, as I was saying to you earlier, you know, the fact that, that at so many points in the journey, the impossibility of what we faced was something very stark. Hmm. So with, with land that had lines drawn, mistakenly drawn by the land registry, which we had to um, deal with from planning permission refusal, which we had to engage with. And then from a pandemic at which we thought, oh, well, all our plans have gone up in yeah. smoke and it's all not going to happen now. What a wasted 10 years that's been. Um, the impossibility of it all just seemed very stark at times. Um, but in terms of the hard work, the hard work really was when we started to do the um, thinking through the, pre the preconditions, um, you, you know, which we did in April 2020. Um, and uh, what I would say is that we we were blessed in that we were surrounded by good Christian people who understood, who got to know us. So you had a Christian architect. We had a Christian architect. Christian builders. Yeah, who has been a huge blessing to yeah. us. He he got to know us. Uh, he understood us. He, he designed a building from talking through our vision with us. Uh, and that was very much part of the process. He, he he didn't want to do anything that didn't have vision. It was okay. not about a new building to okay. him. It was joining with us in a faith journey towards fulfilling a vision that a building would so be So if other people were embarking of, on a, a building project of some kind, either a new building extension, yeah, would you yeah. would you commend that as a way to go to use, to use Christian I, I would, people in those key roles? They, they understand churches, they yeah. understand spaces. Okay. Um, they understand... Um, presumably finances and having to raise oh, yeah, this yeah. kind of the peculiarity of raising finances and well I think I think the thing is from the Christian uh, the contractor we used was a Christian uh, or, or the, the people that ran the company were Christians yes, so yeah. they understood the, the restraints and constraints yeah. okay. of church funding uh, very well I don't think if I'm honest I don't think we would have got it built had we used a secular contractor because they would have insisted us having all the money up front whereas um, the Christian contractor that we used, understanding that we had limited funding, um, were, were prepared to and proposed pauses at any point should we run right, out of money. Right. And have you know you have had some crises of funding. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. described to me earlier how you know, you've been on your knees at several points, and yeah. I said, "What was it brought you to knees?" And you said, "Every time it was it was money." It was. Um, well, the planning permission. That was a big itself. thing, yeah. That sure. was a big thing yeah. itself. Yeah. I mean, had we not got planning permission, we could have never done this. And the whole story of the planning permission was seeing God active in a council um, subcommittee with councillors making decisions and overturning a refusal and giving approval, which um, is not done very often. And right. we saw that happen. And um, one of the most powerful experiences of my life, if I'm honest, mm. it was truly incredible to see God at work in a secular sense influencing decisions and um, allowing us allowing us to proceed but also giving us the um, giving us the encouragement that he, he was with us in this yeah. that all these plans that we've been making were were plans according to his will because that's always the thing if it's your will uh, and we did feel at that point a great sense of his being with us in the whole project which then comes back to the other the other challenges that we then faced were always revolving around this sense of, look, I am with you. Do you trust me? 
um, when the pandemic started, do, you know, I am with you, do you trust me? At that point, our architect said, well, look, in April 2020, um, why not start doing the pre-planning work, uh, the things that need, the conditions that need to be agreed? Let's do it. Uh, your planning permission runs out in January um, 2019, uh, wasn't it? No, 2021, yeah. yeah. The planning permission runs out. Um, don't let that run out because you very unlikely you get it again. So so we started and that's when really the, the burden of the work became that much more intense. Mm. So trying to balance running a church through a pandemic, all the issues that that you know, brought upon every church. So it was busy for every pastor, right? During the pandemic, busy, we were learning yeah, to do new things. Yeah, we had yeah. to do pastoral care a different yeah, way. Yeah. And on top of that, you had this yeah, yeah. extraordinary project. Yeah, yeah. And funding the extraordinary project yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, because at that point, we only had enough money for foundations <laughs> and uh, to get up to damp proof course. So we, we went through the summer and um, the conditions were agreed. Um, maybe a construction, the contractor, we'd agreed um, and signed the contracts with them. So the work started in October 2020. Um, Mayway knew at that point we only had £300,000, which is only enough to demolish the old church, which was riddled with asbestos, um, to um, dig the foundations and to get the church up to um, damp proof level. So the slab really, yeah, that's, yeah. that's all we had the money to do. And that was three months' work leading to the end of December. By the end of December, the Lord had graciously provided enough finance um, to carry on. And do, do you know, I have absolutely no idea where it came from. Some through grants, some just through the simple yeah. generosity of folk in the church. And actually, isn't it, I mean, it's, it's like the widow's night, isn't it? That actually every, every sacrifice yeah. that members make, large or small, is, is, is a step of faith, isn't it? Yeah. And it's a real encouragement to us as leaders. Well, our children were collecting pennies a long time before we started to build. Wonderful. Um, yeah. And you, you were telling me earlier about just, you know, the church pr prayer and oh, praying yeah, for yeah. things and e yeah, even yeah. children coming onto prayer know, meetings and praying. And it, that's so thrilling to hear. The, uh, yeah, I mean, there were a couple of times when we faced crisis um, uh, and it usually revolved around funding the project. Um, the, the great thing about the Christian contractor is for them, it was a journey of faith. Yeah. You know, they said um, when we met them, the, the boss of the company, when we met him recently, you know, he said what, what struck him initially is when we prayed to meet the Sunday before it was demolished. You know, I talked about how, how we felt vulnerable. We did. We felt utterly open, utterly vulnerable. Um, we're in a pandemic. We, we're making this massive step of faith that we, we don't know how we're going to fund we don't know how it's going to go or how long it's going to be. But we're doing that knowing that the Lord has promised to be with us. And mm. and so for them, it was a journey of faith too. Uh, and that showed itself, the first time really that showed itself was when around Easter 2021, we they said to us, we need to get the roof ordered and we need to get the roof on because the internal brickwork is porous and it will degrade if we yeah. don't. Yep. We couldn't afford it. I think we were... I think the roof is over 100,000. We had enough money to buy some of it, but not all of it. We needed 35,000 in two weeks. And we, we organized a lot of half-hour Zoom prayer times um, throughout the week, a variety of times to allow people access uh, to prayer. Uh, and we prayed particularly for two weeks for the roof, and the money came in two days. I have no idea where it came from. Um, but the roof had already been ordered. They'd ordered it by faith. And, you know, the Lord provided the money. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And so, you know, you, you see the activity of faith um, coming through those moments mm. that give you the encouragement to face the next trial. Yeah, and that's formative for the church too, not just for you as a leader. Yeah, yeah. That's formative for the church, isn't it? Because these lessons kind of become in, you know, inculcated in church life, don't they? That actually yeah, we yeah. went through this together. The yeah, Lord yeah. was good. The Lord provided. Yeah, yeah. You know, we saw more increased activity in prayer and... Um, even though Zoom prayer is Zoom prayer, it's still prayer. Yeah, and yeah. Um, you know the, the sense of the sense of the Lord hearing and answering is why well. it, it becomes something that you know you get many ordinary Christians who feel very insufficient in their faith, and yet being part of this process allows them to see that God works in small ways, God works in big ways, but yeah. most importantly, God works through His people when they when their hearts are in tune and, and have. Uh, his glory in yeah. mind. And tell us a little bit more, Matt, about your vision for the building. What's kind of the the grand the, the grand vision behind it, if you like? I mean, obviously for us to have a place where we could worship, yeah. but really much more that it be somewhere where people feel they can enter, that we have uh, an ability to access people on a very organic level. Uh, the old building was very restrictive, um, very uninviting yeah. uh, to have something that would connect with people at a level which they understood because for many just getting them through the church doors is a barrier yeah. uh, and so having things that we know within the church that enable us to to be able to open our doors and invite people into a variety of things in a variety of ways um, with a greater capacity uh, and some of that is involving lettings as well so the building uh, is is a tool so there was a group downstairs, a little toddler singing group yeah. as I came in, which I wanted to go and join, but I wasn't yeah. allowed. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And a nice cafe as you come in, so yeah. it's very inviting. Yeah. 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 And thinking through then how, how the variety of people that live within our village, you know, we, we have the ability to connect with them in a greater way. Uh, and the building is important in that. I, I mean, I'm a great believer that actually we as Christians are Christians 24-7, and yeah. as we've been talking yeah. about today, yeah. that we live our faith in the normal of every day. Um, but a building does make a big difference yeah. in having a facility that is inviting and you have things within the facility that allows people to come in and not be overwhelmed by the sense of church. You know, we, we have in the past had people stand outside the front door and say, I'm not good enough to come in. Mm. You say, well, neither am I. If that's the case, we're all sinners. Um, but since the building's been open and, um, you know, certainly in the first few weeks when we were tidying up and getting ready, we did have people just walk through the front door yeah, yeah. Uh, and say, what are you about? What have you got going on for me? You know, even older folk on mm. their, their frames. Mm. Uh, and that's, that's when you start to see actually the vision that we had it is starting to, to, you know, we're starting to see it yeah. practically happening. Even right from the sort of the outset. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, um, we're running, we're slightly running out of time, but um, th there's been some very interesting thought I know that's gone into thinking about um, you know, making the building as useful as possible for future generations and ownership. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, some people feel burdened by their buildings, don't they? You know, there's the certain bits that are the sacred yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. you've been very clear to think about that. So I guess, you know, for churches who are thinking about building projects or extensions, just just share a little bit about your thinking around ownership. That's, that's really helpful stuff that we were we were reflecting on earlier. Yeah, part, part of that was thanks to Monty Hall Church in Birmingham. Okay. When we went okay. to, to see two gentlemen who oversaw their project. We, um, that was one thing that we came away and gleaned from them that avoiding any sense of ownership over room spaces being used for particular purposes 
or allowing people to have a sense of ownership over any part of the church or any part of the facility of the church they implemented and they found it very helpful and that's what we've done here so right. we avoided we've had to fight hard for that I'll be honest but the danger is of ownership is that uh, you immediately limit usage of rooms or spaces or, or, or parts within spaces you know cutlery or, or parts of kitchens yeah, things yeah. like that so when people asked us if they could um, do certain things within the building to, to remember something or other we said no um, we asked people to so as an answer to that we asked people to um, write their prayers their thoughts their memorials all their testimonies the stories and we put those in a time capsule and buried them in the church building right okay so there so is a exists. sense of sort of ownership there's, there's one step removed yeah. but it doesn't become a barrier to using the building yeah so practically how we, we approach, for example, the room names is that the room names, to try and keep them multi-use and generic with no ownership over any of them, uh, they've all been named after biblical trees, partly because um, there's significance to the biblical trees, as we heard today, the yeah. olive branches yes, yeah. in Zechariah yeah. 4, uh, and partly because uh, they never change. And also because trees are trees, people understand. There's no trees. Jones Memorial Lounge. No. I haven't found no. it anyway. Walking no, it never will be either. Yeah. There's no trees yeah. outside. And, and even in the decor, I mean, you might come in and think, you know, I mean, it all looks very smart, obviously, because yeah, it's yeah. new. But there's not other things on the wall that there aren't kind of plaques. There aren't, you know, it, no, no, it, it, it's it's generic in a sense, and I mean yeah, that yeah. In, the, in a positive way. Yeah, and that's deliberate, is it? Um, I think partly, okay. partly, uh, and partly because um, we haven't had time to put notice okay. boards up, okay. things like that. Um, but there's certainly not going to be, um, yeah, there's not going to be yeah. any sort of uh, signs um, which have any sense of ownership over people. Yeah, it, it, yeah it's something that we felt very important. And, um, you know, for us as a, as a church family, everybody is part of the family in an equal sense. That we all, as we know, offer something very unique, very yeah. different um, that, that forms part of the whole. Yeah. And we never wanted the building to become a cause for concern or a cause for for a clash of personalities yeah. over everything and for so. future generations that's really important isn't it because it can be a burden to that you know we're talking oh, about the longer yeah, term yeah, you know yeah. if, I, if i as a younger person i'm not a younger person if, if my children came in and yeah, were yeah. part of the church in 20 years time yeah. i don't want them to be burdened with something they feel they have to keep no no keep going because it's in memory of someone who lived i mean we made it we made it very clear that, that anything that was donated um there's no pride, there's no ownership over that, you know, for anybody who gave, uh, and people were incredibly generous, you know, it was to the overall project. Right. There's no, yeah, so that the future generations are not burdened, that they can't move something or other because somebody donated it at some point. Um, I've seen that go wrong so many times, yeah. it'd be, yeah. be a cause of church division. In, mm. in, and it's such a simple thing to implement, so we did. And... Um, feel the fruitfulness of, of already really yeah yeah very much so yeah mm. but, and of course what you're what you're doing is you're matching our theology of the church yeah with actually the the practice of what we do with our building and that's yeah, yeah. that's really honorable isn't it because so often there's a disconnect with yeah what we actually believe and then how it works out in practice in this case in a building you've yeah, matched yeah. the two together yeah 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 we're a body and we're a family yeah and um you know everybody who walks through the door we hope and we pray feels very much part of that in terms of who they are mm. in their being and also in their ability to offer and serve in some way or other um, very much we're also an army at war as well aren't Indeed, we yeah. Yeah, and that's right. the building is designed as a, a tool to be an army at yeah. war yeah um, 
And so we hope we're never precious about it. Um, it's paint off all there from the youth club on Friday. <laughs> and the leader was very um, nervous to tell us. And he's like, don't worry about it. You touch it up. It, yeah. It's it's a tool. Um, it's a tool. And, um, would you do it all again? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You know the answer to that. I do know the answer to that. Yeah. I do know the answer to that. No. Um, I think... That's unfair to say because you should never say never, should you? You, you know, it's um, when the Lord leads you to do something, you know, obedience is something you do knowing. And he equips you for the task. Knowing yeah. that he equips you. And I do yeah. I do feel that we, with the, the leadership team that we had, and we were in complete unity about this, with the giftedness and the, uh, the heart of the leadership team at this particular point in time has enabled us to do this collectively. So... For me personally, while some aspects have been hard, um, it's it's been a burden that's been shared, not just by the leadership, but by the church as a whole. Right. Um, and particularly through the prayer times, you know, the, the burden of the whole thing, whilst mm. like, people appreciated we were at the forefront of it, um, we knew that we were being prayed for and supported by the church mm. through prayer and um, through encouragement as well. So it's very much been a whole church process that whilst parts of the building the color schemes have been thought up by one or two people not involving everybody to avoid the disastrous i didn't mean to be rude about the color scheme yeah. i'm colorblind that's my excuse well i'll so. be honest one of the two men who designed the color scheme is colorblind as well so. oh well there you go it's so. a haven for colorblind people. Yeah, matt yeah. thanks so much for sharing with us really encouraging you can go on the website i think there's a little button on the about the building and you can click on yeah. that and yeah. find out a little bit more and you sort of yeah, google yeah. some Google some pictures. And I mean, stuff. one one thing I would say now is that we feel in the position that if if anybody needs any advice, any help, any um, just wisdom from us, having been through it, we're very very happy to share share that. We are great. That's a very kind offer. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us here as well. It's been Pleasure. great to be here. And th- thanks for listening in to this issue of Independence. And you can subscribe, of course, through all the normal channels. And we look forward to connecting with you soon.